The Charlotte Podcast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. Listen to your city at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. Let's do a podcast. Let's do a podcast. Let's do a podcast. About Charlotte. Let's do a podcast. Let's do a podcast. Let's do a podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the latest episode of the Charlotte Podcast. This is John. And this is Miller, and this is episode 257, our second attempt at the intro. John loves it when I tell people that. On this episode, we are going to give you a little bit of explanation of why we took a little hiatus, and then the main event, a conversation we loved having. You guys will love it, too. We talked to David Fleming, author of Who's Your Founding Father? A romp, dare I say, uh, of his own research, finding out about and ultimately being converted into a, a rabid believer in the mech deck. So very much a guest in our wheelhouse great conversation with him we're back baby if you're a fan of alexander craighead you'll love this podcast <laughs> that's for sure it's a lot uh, of run but yeah i think we're back uh i think we committed to being back like we we want to yeah. try we're gonna, we we are gonna figure out a day each every other week we can record her probably and so if people have things they want us to talk about issues in charlotte people cool things i don't think we necessarily want to always come we, to issues we just want to have fun the I'd say the reasons that we have not been potting as frequently is not because we don't have things to say and we don't have a desire. Have, just have five podcast. boys. It's just a, it's just good lord. Five the kids take a lot of time. Kids, good lord. Yeah. So, but that's all. Uh, oh, that's behind us. We're done being parents now. So back yeah. to our first baby. The podcast. We were, we were at the Knights game today, and we were with another family, and they had two kids. We had two kids. And like we just watched as our eleventh month old kind of like uh, like kind of shuffled over to their family. And we're like, go on, you can go with them. Just go. Let us sleep yeah. at night. And they're yeah. like, we'll keep them. And we're like, don't ch- don't don't uh, don't threaten us with a good time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we love Big Lev. We all. It's just also we're very tired. Yeah. Uh, so so tired, but not too tired to podcast to bring podcasts again. <laughs> yep. That's for sure. Well, um, let's get to David. It's uh, it really is a fun conversation. Uh, I I think if you don't walk away from that wanting to buy his book and, and learn more, you're you probably shouldn't listen to us. But if you do, please rate, review, and subscribe, and all that stuff. I think that's still something you do in podcasting. Pretty um, sure. Okay, good. Yeah. What podcast? By the way, what's a podcast yeah. you have picked up in the past year? That you recommend people. I just, I'm, I'm interested. Oh, in that I recommend. Here. Yeah, that I recommend. All right, this is a boring. I'm a boring and then a controversial answer. Um, uh, the boring one is Odd Lots. It's a Bloomberg like uh, oh, business Next. podcast. But the, but wait wait wait. But they talk about um, but they talk about like really interesting stuff that affects your life from a business angle. So uh, yeah. it's current events. It's interesting. They make it accessible. So I like that one. What's what's one that you would say? Uh, I've been listening. I've become a fan of Well, There's Your Problem. It's actually, they do uh, YouTube <laughs> yeah. and slides. Yeah, yeah. It's great. It's really, they they just talk about engineering disasters. Yeah, that's good. I like that format. Yeah. Yeah. All if right. only we had an expertise, then we could do something like that. But sadly, we don't. I would say we. you have an expertise in the mech deck, which people will see soon when we Ooh, get here with David. Segue. Look at that. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com all right, our guest, we're here with him today, David Fleming, senior writer at ESPN, Davidson resident, and author of the recent book, Who's Your Founding Father? Recently, we were just talking, was on the Levitard show and has decided to upgrade to a local <laughs> podcast that has not recorded since January. That's his, He's rapidly going up in media uh, entities he's interacting with. David, welcome to the podcast. Um, thanks, guys. You know, between these two podcasts, I've reached um, 50 million people this week. So thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> Sorry, happy, happy, to, happy to carry the load for you. Um, cool. Well, we want to. We always start uh, these. We got a lot to get to, obviously, about the Mech Deck. But we want to start with you and and your story of coming to Charlotte. Obviously, we'll get to 
learning about the mech deck and what got you excited about all of that. But how did you come to live in Charlotte and even be adjacent to the mech deck enough to, to learn the story? I, I'm so glad to be here, first and foremost. And somebody, you know, fans of yours approached me at a book signing and they were like, why have you not been on this podcast? This should have been your first podcast. These guys are all about the mech deck. They're pro mech deck. It's like, um, and I could just, all I did was shrug my shoulders. And um, <laughs> I just want to say thank you on behalf of all of us history nerds, right? The work that you guys have done over the years on the mech deck. I appreciate it. I'm uh I'm excited to be here and it sounds like we may have a similar path in that we moved here and and wanted to learn more about this town that was that we love and this state that we love and 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 the first thing you learn when you dig into Charlotte's history is that oh my god it's the freaking cradle of American independence and how is that not like on every billboard and shouted from every uh, mountaintop. It's it's crazy that that is part yes. of this town's history and nobody seems to, to know about it. Yeah, um, it, it is. Yes. In, just to interrupt you, it's insane how few people actually don't realize it, especially as they moved to Charlotte. I, re- uh, I was at work and we were on Slack and working on something around May 20th and a coworker said, hey, we should do cannons up at the event or something like that. Apparently there's some historical thing that happened. And I'm like, I immediately responded like, stop all caps, cancel your meeting. I'm coming to your office. And like it was 15 <laughs> minutes of me like ranting about Thomas Jefferson um, until she told me to leave. But yeah, it's a... Uh, it's something like once you figure out what the mech deck is and obviously you have, it's so much fun to talk about. Oh, and I, you know, the way I put it with people is like, imagine if you lived in Boston and you had to remind people about Paul Revere or you had to remind people about the Boston tea party like this, the mech deck is on that level and nobody in this town seems to like celebrate it, remember it, yep. honor it. It's it's insane. It really became a big part of the book when it was like the biggest mystery of the mech deck is that the mech deck is still a mystery. Yeah, I totally agree. And not only that, it's it's kind of like most cities, lots of cities, I'm, I always talk about Tampa and their uh, Gasparilla Pirate Festival that they have. Uh, as a as a corollary to this, but like lots of cities just like need a flimsier excuse than the mech deck, something as substantial as the mech deck to throw a party. And Charlotte has that and it's ignored. So it's like, <laughs> it's right there. It's right in front of us for the taking to, to be a source of civic pride, tongue in cheek or otherwise. And uh, and it's just kind of like sitting there. So wasted opportunity. So anyway, glad glad yeah. to talk to somebody that uh, we can do something about it with. <laughs> oh my god! And if you know anything about the mech deck, like the best one of the best parts of the whole history of this is that the Charlotte partied its ass off on mech deck day for like yes. yeah. for like two hundred years, and then we just stopped doing it. It was it was a yeah. it was a county and a state holiday that would bring in like presidents and dignitaries, yep. but also like, uh, it was like, it was like Mechtech spring break, like a hundred thousand people would come into Charlotte and drink whiskey and, you know, and just party for the weekend. It was like, I don't understand. It just seems like such a no brainer. And yeah. you guys can see, uh, I'm, I'm so obsessed and fired up about this. I, I ignored my whole past history that you asked for, but I mean, it was just like, <laughs> For, who cares about me, right? Let's talk about the mech deck. But, it's uh, your your life is divided by the like the inflection point of hearing about a historical document that only a few people actually know about. Exactly, but I will I'll give you the um, the Cliff Notes version. But um, I when I was this was about twenty five years ago. I was working for Sports Illustrated in New York, and my wife got uh, she worked for a paper company and got promoted and transferred to run their Southeast division. And we ended up moving to Charlotte sight unseen. So the first time we had ever come to Charlotte was the first time we came looking for a house. And like I said, that was 25 years ago. And um, we moved, we lived closer to UNC Charlotte at first, and then had always dreamed of living in Davidson. And we literally now live like two blocks from campus. And I mean, we're close enough that I have to, like pick up uh, Natty Light 
natty light empties <laughs> and, and red solo cups out of my front bushes on, on Sunday mornings. But um, yeah, and then <laughs> we just eat. You you move to a place, you realize your kids are going to be here. This is their hometown. And the first thing you do is go look for what makes Charlotte unique and special. And all you have to do is look on the state flag and you see May 20th, 1775. And you're like, well, why is our date uh, 14 months before we even declared independence? And um, down the rabbit hole you go. Yeah, exactly. Do you, do you remember like the moment? Like, is is there an actual moment you remember, or is it kind of like, and then like that set off something? Like, so how does it? How do you go from hearing about this, this whatever, and to writing a book? Like, what's the ramp to that? So it literally was. I was dropping my daughter off at Davidson Elementary, and it was. I was waiting, I think, to talk to her teacher, and there was a flag in the lobby, and I looked at the flag, and I was like, hmm. That's weird. And it's basically, I've carved out an entire career at ESPN by kind of going, hmm, that's interesting. And <laughs> and sometimes you pull these little, tiny little threads and that's where the greatest stories are. And I'm telling you, I did like two Google searches and the hair on the back of my neck stood up. And it was, we talk about it in the book, we call it Mechdeck face. And it was like, when you start to learn just the basics of this story, right? That Charlotte is the cradle of American independence and the whole Scots-Irish thing and what they did to Cornwallis. I mean, it's like you you get this look on your face like, no freaking way. And how do I not know this? Why did no one tell me about this? And just to answer it a little bit more, it's like, I couldn't believe that there hadn't been more written about it. And then yeah. when you... I, for me, when I knew it was a book, when it was like, oh my God, John Adams and Thomas Jefferson <laughs> argued about this in writing. It's like, it, I was like, okay, I know what I'm doing for the next two years. Yeah, and the writing well, part's that. the fascinating thing. Like this actually, people say it didn't exist and it, whatever, and that's really something. They're wrong. Okay, uh, we agree <laughs> because there is no like what I'm saying is people there is no physical thing, but people wrote about it like there it is in the historical record that there this document this thing happened according to some people who we generally listen to they're the founding fathers. Yeah, and you know I just it's I'm just at this point I'm so tired of this bullshit right I'm not sure if I can say that but yes you can and yeah. we um, appreciate it. It's just you know. I think we I think what happens is we 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 want our history to be simple, right? We want give us five bullet points from the Revolutionary War and and the Declaration of Independence. We'll remember those and then we're done learning. And I can't stand the fact that there's more evidence for the mech deck than 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 the majority of things that we already take for granted and believe. It's just that we don't have that simple, straightforward, oh, I can hold the document in my hands. And that's such bull crap and it's such a lazy, especially for people who should know better, like local mm -hmm. history professors and politicians and newspaper reporters. It's so frustrating because if you, I went into this book a skeptic, right? And I, immediately upon learning like the five layers of incredible, irrefutable proof Right. We're talking about Moravian church documents. We're talking about mm -hmm. letters from the the royal governor of North Carolina. We're talking about the rough notes from the actual meeting itself. And then we're talking about dozens of incredible, impeccable eyewitnesses. It's it's you just get frustrated by the fact that it, there's so much there. Um, it it I was blown away by the fact that there's so much incredible proof that it's it's bizarre that in Charlotte of all places you still have to argue with people whether it yeah. even happened or not it's yeah. it's it's really bizarre i i totally agree and one thing i was pleased to see you touched on really early on in the book is uh how the back country of north carolina at the time was really a crucible of this revolutionary thought because you don't normally associate North Carolina with that, just in like the general narrative of the founding fathers in the United States. It's all Philadelphia and Boston and and uh, Revolutionary War, right? Which you don't think like North Carolina is not first on the list, right? But 
you touch on the fact, and this is, this is, I think, where a lot of the disconnect or some of the disconnect comes when people think about Charlotte. It's like, oh, Charlotte, boring banking, like new buildings, all of that new history is what you see with your eyes in 2023. But back when this was happening in the 1760s, you had uh, a guy that I was so happy to see you bring up, Alexander Craighead, who was borderline psychopath. Like crazy screaming about like how the, the, the tyrants from overseas were doing us wrong. And that is like his words were very, very powerful at the time. And uh, that was kind of the feeling at the time. So context of Charlotte in 2023, yeah, probably not like the cradle of revolution. And, and everybody's just kind of like trying to enjoy the nice weather and raise their family and their bank jobs in 2023. But in the back country of North Carolina at the time, like it was the perfect place for this type of thing to come up. You don't need the Boston Tea Party to have these feelings and be mad enough to, to write the document that they did. So uh, I, I think that's like a crucial element that's like really exciting and part of Charlotte's identity that again is swept under the rug in order for, I don't know, like the Chamber of Commerce in the 70s to have a cleaner narrative or whatever <laughs> went down uh, that led to the, the story being less front and center. Yeah, I mean, it's such a good point. And and now, I mean, I'm mad that I didn't use the word crucible in the book. I think um, uh, that's so much more eloquent <laughs> than, than I put it. Um, but it's such a great point. And it's like, it's what a missed opportunity, right? I You just want to go back to the 1970s and slap some of those people across the face and go, every single town in this country including New York, including Chicago, including Boston, including Philadelphia, would kill to have this as their backstory. And we just ignore it, um, you know, because we want to create some image of a, of a, of a new South, a new South town. Yeah. But um, you're absolutely right. And I think it goes, it goes, it actually connects back to what we were just talking about, which is once you learn the backstory about the men who wrote the mech deck, um, you understand that it's like it would have been far stranger if they hadn't just put it in writing and given the king a yeah. double middle finger. It would have been much weirder if they had sat around and said, we, we're not going to take action. I mean, these were Scots-Irish Presbyterians, and the king had been doing this. The, they had been suffering from the tyranny of the crown for, for generations. And it's not a mistake that these men who who generation after generation after generation remember the Scots Irish had been kicked out of Scotland they had been they suffered terribly in Ireland then got kicked out of Ireland they crossed the Atlantic they got kicked out of the Pennsylvania kicked out of Virginia they end up on the Carolina frontier and they almost from a genetic DNA standpoint they recognized before anybody else in America this is not going to get better and it's like their makeup was let's quit messing around let's just declare independence and start fighting like bring it on yep. um it's 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 a it's a really i was going to say beautiful but it really is kind of this incredible beautiful part of charlotte's history that 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 man we should be celebrating with keg stands and and whiskey shots every may 20th <laughs> totally agree so Let's let's do this. Let's get I so just format wise, we have uh, some rapid fire questions that kind of get into some details in a second. But first, let's set the the narrative. Uh, now that you're a a convert and full believer after going in as a skeptic, I'm going to present like the the non believers take and and like the, let's call it the counterfactual if we can be so bold. And then why don't you hit us with kind of how you think it all went down, right? So I'll. I'll set the stage of like the non-believers and the story. Oh, go ahead. This is a, this is a great idea because, and I'm glad you brought it up because you know, you understand when you start to dive into the mech deck story that the mech deck is the first, one of the first things in America to suffer from misinformation and disinformation. Yes. And you, I had no idea the level of energy it took to convince people of something that's that's plain as day factual because of like you just said uh decades and centuries of misinformation so i i love this it's a great idea okay 
right. So, uh, all right. So here, the, here's how the story goes. If you don't believe. Okay. So, all right. Everyone calm down. Charlotte is not the cradle of American independence and, and the declaration of independence from Britain. What did happen is on May 20th, they were all mad because uh, the British government and the governors in, in the state said that for a variety of reasons, one of which was said that they could not have like an officially chartered Presbyterian school for their kids. So uh, imagine, if you will, a situation where people are really, really mad at the, uh, the school board. Uh, that happened back then, too. Um, and, and they got mad enough that they had a big meeting on Trade and Tryon. Uh, but then, and they may have even written some, some stuff down, but then cooler heads prevailed. And then they backed down. 11 days later, they wrote something called the Mecklenburg Resolves that took the actual revolutionary language out of the document. And that's what James Jack wrote up to Philadelphia to deliver was kind of a lame document that was like, hey, we're really mad, but stop short of declaring independence. And that that part, everybody always has to give the, the Mecklenburg Resolves their due because they do exist. And there's kind of record of that happening on May 31st. Right. So so that's the counterfactual. It's like, OK, all of this stuff about thomas jefferson and like yeah maybe some of the words match but like that's how people wrote at the time and if anybody's going to do a document like this they're going to write it and structure it that way uh so everyone calm down you can uh these people like thought they were revolutionaries after the fact and then decided to celebrate something that nobody outside of western north carolina cared about so everyone calm down there's no proof so it didn't happen so there you go. That's the counterfactual. <laughs> so yeah. prove, prove us wrong. <laughs> okay. First of all, I'll say this. The, if you read the Mecklenburg Resolves, right, they, they, they read, first of all, the tone and the nature and the context of the Resolves is completely different than the, the, the MEC deck. And what you understand is the Resolves are basically rules and regulations and ideas how to govern and and run the town of Charlotte now that they've declared independence. And it's so simple to understand that you would not need new rules and regulations as to how to conduct your business now that you're independent without first declaring independence. So I think yep. of the resolves not as a reason to not believe, but as proof that there has to have been a declaration. Otherwise, like, why would you, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, right? That, that people, <laughs> that there was just a group hallucination in Charlotte and that in, and yeah. they, they, they just decided to come up with a set of rules and regulations for how they're going to, uh, how they're going to behave now that they're independent without saying first that they're, they're independent. So that that's number one. Number two, you can hold the rough notes from the MECDEC secretary in your freaking hands. Go to take the trip to Chapel Hill, go to the Wilson Library, look up the documents, the rough notes, the outline notes from the meeting still exist. You can hold them in your hands. And they basically by themselves are enough to prove the MECDEC exists and what was in the MECDEC. It's basically an outline of what they were gonna write in the MECDEC from the guy who was the secretary of the meeting. That's number two. So there is written proof. And number three, and this for me is where it, it ends. Everything ends. It's the eyewitnesses, okay? You're talking about people like the governor of North Carolina who saw the mech deck in person and testified in a sworn testimony on that, to that regard, okay? You also have guys who were revolutionary war heroes, men who risked their lives to defend Charlotte against Cornwallis, they were eyewitnesses to the mech deck with sworn testimony. You've got priests, you've got renowned historians, you've got politicians, you've got lawyers. They all gave eyewitness testimony. And here's the thing, a couple of these guys, everything we know about the Battle of Camden and the Battle of Charlotte is sourced back to two of these guys. And so what you're saying mm. is, what you're saying is what historians are saying, and this is where it's a freaking shame what Charlotte and local historians have done. You're saying that 
their recollection of the Battle of Camden and the Battle of Charlotte, when it comes to those two things, sure, we'll take their word for it. But their recollection of the mech deck is no good? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Great point. Great so, point. Um, again, I think we should hold like a mock trial uh, because the evidence, oh. <laughs> the evidence would just blow people away. And here's the other thing, guys. I'm not even going to mention the 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 corroborating evidence of people mentioning it in their war pension applications. Um, the Moravian Church documents, where those were discovered in 1907, and yeah. even the even the historians back then who doubted the Mechdek when they saw the Moravian records, they all changed their mind. So yeah. We talk talk about sorry talk about those for a second because to me that's that's one of the pieces of evidence that I know Scott Seifert mentions in his book and it like comes at like the crescendo of of in uh, uh, in his book that's like almost like the nail in the coffin that kind of supports everything that you're saying in my opinion so give give us a little background of those and I think it's really important the point you make about 1907. Uh, because uh, a lot of the, the controversy of, of the veracity of Mecklenburg uh, Declaration of Independence happened in like the 1850s, 1860s, right? So there, the, all of that conversation happened before this evidence came out. So, sorry, go ahead on the yeah. Moravian documents. The Moravian documents are really interesting because, number one, the, 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 the Moravians did not exactly love the Presbyterians. So right. if you're looking for a, a, a religious group that was in Winston-Salem that, that had no reason to, to um, help, help the Presbyterians in Charlotte uh, get a claim, a claim and help them prove uh, their place in history, you're talking about the Moravians. But... Number one, they in there they they journaled and they documented everything. Thank God, um, you know I I wrote in the book that they were like they were like little um, emo emo teenagers writing down everything that happened in their their thoughts in their daily thoughts and and thank goodness because number one they mention when Captain Jack rides through town with the documents so they they they. It's a, what would you call it? Like a second source, a corroborating source yeah. on, the, on Captain Jack. And yep. then um, in, in the early 20th century, uh, a, the most renowned Southern scholar of the Moravian records, um, Dr. Adelaide Fries, she discovered a, a whole, what would you call it? It's almost like a whole diary entry of the official church documents that mentions the Mechdeck that mentions yep. the words free and independent, that mentions that they were had declared independence from, from England. It's basically full-on um, eyewitness documentation that the MECDEC exists. And it was good enough. Again, there are a few renowned historians, but those guys all, when they read that work, they were like, it's over. It's We have to consider the MECDEC as a, a serious yeah. and and legitimate document. So the Moravians really saved the mech deck. And I think uh, just something about just Moravian culture or kind of the, at the time, kind of what they did is they did, they were like known for taking meticulous records, right? And like had zero incentive to certainly lie or like support these people that were not Moravians and were passing through. Like there's just zero in the context of that time, there's, like no reason for for that to show up if it wasn't something that happened and was and, and made them excited enough and, and was notable enough for them to put in their records so yeah. I'm, I'm with you on on that mattering yeah um, and, and now what you're starting to see is let's you start layering this stuff right you start layering the eyewitnesses you start layering the rough notes you start layering the moravian documents and all the other stuff and you're like Oh, come on. This is, there's, I mean, there's, there's yeah. more evidence for the mech deck than the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> That's so, what we've been saying all along. Yeah. Yeah, we have, we have. Uh, so, okay. So one last thing I didn't bring up in the, in the like, counterfactual is, okay, they go to Philadelphia and um, where the representatives of the region were representing the region, right? Uh, and and bringing the, the, that's where James Jack was going, was to give these documents to somebody, presumably to be read on the floor, right? 
However, there's no record of the reading ever happening and there's no record of them receiving the records uh, uh, or the mech deck itself. So I'm curious, and, and there, I don't think there's a lot of evidence to say exactly what happened, but like, what's your take there? Like, why did James Jack fulfill his mission? And if so, why, why is there no like evidence around that, do you think? I think there is evidence if you listen to the words of John Adams and Thomas Jefferson yeah. himself. Hmm. And they mm-hmm. were both highly critical of the reps from North Carolina who yeah. were, to a man, they were, they were all loyalists. Um, yeah. And remember at the time, 1775, and this is why the mech deck is so special, right? They did it when they were risking everything. By yes. 1776, we're already at war. You know, we're, we're, people are already dying. The, the Declaration of Independence in 1776 is basically overdue paperwork. But the, what makes the mech deck so special is that the patriotic aspect of it is they were way ahead of their time. They were risking way more than anybody else. And remember, when, when the mech deck arrives in Philadelphia in June of 1775, all the loyalists in the Continental Congress, which most of the elites and the rich, they didn't want to have a war because they knew it would they would lose most of their money. They were still they had still extended what was known as the Olive Branch Resolution to the king, yep. and they were praying that he would read this and they could reconcile before the war actually broke out. And so I think there actually is substantial uh, circum- circumstantial proof that these three loyalists from North Carolina took the mech deck and probably, I mean, uh, definitely suppressed it, if not destroyed it outright and didn't discuss yeah. it with anybody, didn't share it. And to me, that's the great sad irony of the mech deck is that it was the people who really ruined it were, were North Carolinians. Yeah. I, I would say to going back to the point you made earlier about believing the historians and the accounts of the battle of Charlotte, if you believe them, you need to believe the, the mech deck. I think that's a really important point in that the representatives of Mecklenburg County, what's well, not Mecklenburg County uh, in Philadelphia were one loyalist and two the people that fought the battle of charlotte that earned the the words hornet's nest of rebellion that adorns the 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 pd logo and the name of all the teams right uh they were militia they weren't the revolutionary army right so it's easy to think like oh well you were either for against and everybody was in the colonies was for uh for independence and uh... oh john we lost you right in the middle Gosh, David, I'll take over. But it, it, it it's incredible that, that all this occurred. This is evidence. And then you have, I assume, and I, I just downloaded, I ordered your book. I apologize. I had it on hold for the library. And this shows the demand. I was like 20th in line. So oh. you convinced me to go ahead and buy it. So Oh, I would have sent you one. I'm happy to send you one. No, 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 sure. no. It, we're going to encourage everyone who listens to this, who's a fan, to go and buy it. But the one thing I have, the question I had at the end, and then we'll get into the rapid fire questions is, as I would just love you to take some time. I want to pass you the ball, let you do a little ISO. Um, just give us some thoughts on Thomas Jefferson and like your perspective on him. Because when it comes to the mech deck, People accuse him of suppressing it. He obviously denied it. And then people also accuse him of plagiarizing. Clearly, you're a passionate person. You spend a lot of time. Give give us some thoughts on our friend TJ. Yeah, well, um, I don't have a lot good to say about TJ. And and this was one of the shocking things about, uh, you know, laying, uh, pulling back the layers of the mech deck. Um, And, you know, I think... This goes all the way back to what we were just talking about. You know, in Jefferson's writings about the mech tech, everybody always wants to bring up the fact that he wrote that it was, quote, spurious, right? But if you read the rest of his response to John Adams, what he said was, if he if there were more evidence produced, he would be inclined to believe the mech tech. And it's funny, he wrote that before the Moravian documents came out. So yep. Thomas Jefferson was actually a supporter of the mech deck without even realizing what he had done. Although, you know, for centuries, the Jeffersonians have um, robbed North Carolina and robbed Charlotte of their place in history for being the cradle of, of independence. Um, and they've done that by um, 
they did it by, for centuries, they did it by just going, how dare you question the character of Thomas Jefferson? And for centuries, that worked until literally 25 years ago when Thomas <laughs> Jefferson, people started pulling back the layers of his character and realized that, oh my God, plagiarizing the mech deck and then covering it up, um, that was probably, first of all, it's a, it, 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 it matches a pattern of Thomas Jefferson's behavior throughout his life, but yeah. it also turns out to be plagiarizing the declaration was probably the least of Thomas Jefferson's most egregious crimes against humanity. So that's fair. Um, it's, um, I think once you, it's just funny how now that it's, if now that there's, you can't just depend on saying it's, it's not a character argument anymore because Jefferson can't win that. And so now you have to base it on facts and, and the facts play out in favor of Charlotte as well. But I take no great, I took no great pleasure in discovering how much different Thomas Jefferson was in, in, in real life than what I thought he was like from my high school history teacher. And I'm like strangely influenced by, we had Landis Wade who wrote the book, uh, like a year ago we had him on Deadly Decorations and that's a fictional book, but he makes up this whole Jeffersonian thing. And now like I'm completely, that has increased my bias against him in relation to the mech deck because now there's, it, it's created in my mind and that's how I guess, uh, fiction can influence nonfiction, uh, that there's this whole cult of Jeffersonians who are trying to suppress the mech deck to this, this day. Oh, well, wait, you know, what's funny is, I mean, truth is stranger than fiction. And there was a whole coat cult of Jeffersonian uh, uh, gang members. And that's really <laughs> how this whole thing started, right? Is because they kept trying to steal more credit for sparking the revolution, for writing the declaration, for fighting the war. And finally, someone in North Carolina put their hand up and was like, hey, man, we... We were first by like 14 months and we're the ones who kicked Cornwallis's ass all through North Carolina and made him retreat to the coast where he had to surrender. So it's like, give us a little bit of, of, of credit. But there, there is, I mean, I went all the way to the British archives in London to find this, but there is substantial proof that again, for, for I was gonna say decades, but it, it was for centuries the Jeffersonians, um, they conspired to cover up proof of the mech deck to try to defend Jefferson and protect him from charges of plagiarism. That's 100% true. Yeah, oh, I think John's back. John, I think it is now time, David. Are, you are on the hot seat. This is rapid fire. He's even created mech deck rapid fire. Oh, I love it. So uh, I, it looks like uh, he has about 10 questions to work through, and then uh, we'll definitely get into talking more about the book and, and how people can get it. But, John, don't lose internet. Right, this is your time to shine. Yeah, <laughs> I won't. I'll be here for the duration. All right, here we go. Rapid fire style here, and we start now. Who would you cast in a National Treasure-esque movie about the Met deck? Nick Cage. Nick. All right, running back. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the latest mystery from Tons Uh I love it. Okay. Uh, what was the most surprising thing you saw during your research? Oh, discovering the Freedom Spring where the Princeton scholars first met to basically drink a lot of whiskey and discuss what was going to be in the mech deck. So actually finding that spring and then um, taking a drink out of it. And I in the Ooh. book, I'm like... I've either I've either shared a drink with the founding fathers or I've <laughs> given myself the worst case of diarrhea ever. <laughs> both and could be answer, true. The answer is both. Both. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, seri quasi serious one because I'm curious. Why do you think people stop celebrating? Yeah, I think they were. It's their their the mech deck is the victim of misinformation and lazy work by reporters and historians and shame on them. Love it. Uh, all right. So I've mentioned already how excited I was to see in the book that you mentioned Alexander Craighead, but I've and he's like such a layer down in Charlotte's history that I feel like 
he should be more important or discussed in, in circles, and, and, and he's not. But man, I don't, this is more a statement than a question, but like, what an important maniac for the city of Charlotte, Alexander Craig had. <laughs> like, people don't appreciate that, like, what the impact he had on a city, good or bad. Uh, so more of a more of a statement than a question, but any any thoughts? Oh my, oh my god, I'm totally I'm totally fanboying out with this podcast. I love you guys because that is <laughs> you're so right. And first of all, how about this? Huntersville used to be called Craighead, um, mm. so I think we should return Huntersville to Craighead. And the dude was he was he was a religious fanatic in the best sense of the word and he's known in in history books as the spiritual father of american independence and yeah he was a full on nut job but the people who change the world usually are yeah exactly love it we need to talk about him more uh, with a grain of salt uh, what's the longest <laughs> distance what's the longest distance that you've ridden a horse <laughs> Okay, so let's see. Oh my god, um, I've been to a dude ranch, so I, you know, uh, two miles. Okay, that's good. All right, um, uh, kiss, marry, or kill. Twitter <laughs> threads and blue sky. Miller, you have to answer too. I can go first. This is easy. <laughs> yeah. <you can. laughs> let's see. Okay, you go first, Miller. Marry blue sky. Kiss Twitter. Kill threads. Yeah. Oh, I would I would kill Twitter, kiss threads, and yeah, marry Blue Sky. Yeah, I agree. Uh, all right, question. This is going to quickly devolve uh, into not a rapid fire question, depending on your answer. Do you know about Billy Possum? Does that <laughs> does that phrase mean anything to you? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Oh, yes, because I know in the book you mentioned the presidential visits on Mac Deck or yes, on Mac okay. Deck Day over the years. Have you seen the picture of the possums? Oh, yeah, I remember this float. Now. Do you remember this, Miller? Yes. Have you seen the picture of the possums on the car that was in the parade that Taft looked at? They're super scary looking, right? Yes, they yes. are. Okay, yeah. so, all right, all right. I love this story. So, okay, so Teddy... Is this the same time Taft was here and broke the chair because he was so fat? Oh, see, yeah, you guys... So, yeah, he... Well, no, he yeah. didn't break the chair... He was known for breaking chairs. So they made yeah, the no, massive chair. That's it. And it's yeah. still at Johnson C. No, they, Smith. There it is. Exactly. No, they meant they <laughs> just so, so worried were they that he would break their chair. They like preemptively made a giant fat guy chair for him. So uh, all the and same. And his, okay, yeah. but his favorite meal, the reason why yes. Billy Possum was such a big deal was Taft, who was like 350 pounds on a, on a good day, um, his favorite meal was Possum. And so, possum and taters. They, yeah, yeah. They had to figure out how to cook possum for him um, yeah. on his visits to the south. <laughs> he was in Atlanta. Yeah, he had possum and taters, and because of that, uh, okay. So, so the broader context is Teddy Roosevelt, president before him, 1908. Uh, the teddy bear named Teddy because of Teddy Roosevelt becomes a really popular toy. Toy makers are worried that they will lose this like hit on their hands. And so they try to make Billy Possum a thing. Billy, William Howard Taft, William, Bill, same thing. So they went back to the well and uh, tried to create a toy. And home run. Same Worked appeal. perfectly. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and and uh, uh, as, as we can all figure out, uh, Billy Possum is not <laughs> no longer uh, uh, a thing. Uh, but because this is 1909, so William Howard Taft, uh, in the book, you mentioned all the presidential visits, and, and you mentioned it earlier, but it was Man, such a big I love, deal. I love rapid fire questions, John. Yeah, <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> I knew I put this. I, I struggled with where to put this one, Miller, because I knew I was going to do this. Uh, but uh, so William Howard Taft comes to town. The city of Charlotte's like, oh, Billy Possum's a thing. Let's show him like all these like possums. So they had like a car that was covered in possums. I don't even know how they figured it out, and they wound up looking like drowned rats because it was raining. And so they, it, it, it's a like a they were taxidermied or were they skinned? Yes. No, they're live. They're oh, they're live. <laughs> yeah, what? but it's raining, so like this entire parade <laughs> is a washout. And so his whole presidential visit, it's like kind of a bummer because it, it rains and so it ruins the parade. Uh, but like, there's this picture that's in at the library of all of these like angry wet possums on a car that they put together to to make the president impressed with Charlotte. So anyway, see when Let people say Charlotte doesn't have history, this is yeah. the stuff that 
we uh, this should be taught in every textbook. And but here's the thing: we we I love William Howard Taft because he was really the first guy after the Civil War. You know, um, that's another reason why the MECDEC kind of went away is that because of the South role, the, because of the the Civil War, the, it was sort of like, well, you guys forfeit all claims yeah. to original patriotism. And I, that argument is for another podcast. But yeah. William Howard Taft was really the first president to come back to Charlotte to recognize the MECDEC and to recognize Charlotte's role in winning the Revolutionary War. And he also, in his speech, alluded to the fact that anybody who didn't believe in the MECDEC um, mm -hmm. he, he should get their brains beat in. So I like William Howard Taft. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I totally agree. All right, it, it's, uh, as rapid as it gets with that question. Uh, all right, next question. Uh, have you? I like that we started case? that question with a possum and then ended with the president threatening to beat people's brains in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, th that means we went from rapid to rabid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> John Miller loves, loves puns. It's the Miller myth. loves that. Ugh. All right, uh, have you convinced any haters? Yes. Okay. The last. And it's what's well, happening left and right. And I think the beauty of the book is it's written. It's not a history book. It's my it's my knucklehead adventure trying to discover the Mechdeg. And I think the way it's written, because it's funny and it's it's lighthearted, it sort of tricks people into learning the true story. And so I've gotten mm -hmm. a lot of feedback from people who are like, damn you, I, 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 I finished your book and I realized, oh, my God. I believe now, and I didn't even realize you were convincing me, but um, the uh, Jeremy from NC yep. Rabbit Hole. Wait, you've was, convinced him? Yes. Friend he, of the he's pod. in? Yeah, he said it, he said he it in his newsletter, in. Miller. Yeah. Yes, he apologized. <sighs> he apologized and said he is now one of us. Jeremy's going to listen. Uh, Jeremy, I do read your newsletter. I've just been very busy. I apologize. Rate, subscribe, review to uh, NC Rabbit Hole. Thank you. I, I oh, had an email. I had an email up to him uh, just kind of trying to spike the football. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to handle this with a little more class and dignity than that. But he's been he, he's been at us. He's been nipping at our heels for a while on back yeah. deck. So I was, I was glad that uh, you were able to, to turn him around. Yeah, uh, and right. he, it's a great excerpt. It's about the Captain James Jack ride, um, about the one in 1775 and from 1975 when a guy reenacted it. That's a whole nother story. But um, yeah. Jeremy, it was a pretty big mea culpa. So, um, yeah, I think... <laughs> I'm pulling up the newsletter and going to read it. Yes, it's, he was kind of a little bit sheepish because it was kind of like, you know, I've been talking junk about this and I never knew... <laughs> the actual facts behind it and now i feel bad and i was like well we'll put you on probation <laughs> what that means is like we never said facts and we were just like speaking so emotionally he was like you guys can't i can't be understood uh all right final rapid fire question before a non-rapid final question uh john adams used the word crapulous in his letter to jefferson about the mech deck why did we stop saying crapulous what a word john adams could use it what a great word Yes, it, and, and it was, um, I okay, for the longest time until the book got edited, I thought he meant like crap as in crap. Um, but what he meant it with the way the way that word was used back then was sort of like drunken, disorderly, um, chaotic. Um, and so I was a little bit disappointed that he wasn't actually talking about, um, you <laughs> well, know. We should add but, that to our podcast description, uh, John. We're pretty... As crap yeah, we should. <laughs> that's a great idea. Where uh, what did um, what did George Washington say about Charlotte? Oh, trifling. That's another one. Where trifling crapulous podcast. Tri trifling place. Trifling crapulous podcast. That's us. And don't forget uh, that um, Jefferson, the Jefferson uh, supporters or the Jeffersonian mob, they refer to John Adams as a uh, let's see, a hideous hermaphroditical character. And. Those people. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, we do have uh, one right. final non-rapid fire yes. question. Um, we usually ask people, should MechDeck be a civic holiday? But I feel like that's a clear yes. <laughs> we give you, you have 24 hours. We give you the keys to the city. Uh, unlimited budget, but not, you know, you know, we're taxpayers. Don't blow it all. 
Um, what are you doing as the city, organization, sports teams, whatever? What does that MechTech Day look like to you? Oh, first of all, everybody gets Monday off, right? So it's a long weekend. Yep. Uh, second of all, we're, we we need to bring back a president. You know, I don't care which one, mm. but let's 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 continue that um, legacy of presidents coming in to honor the the mech deck. Um, and then third, I'm thinking a huge like Lollapalooza type concert festival in uh, the, where the Panthers play. Um, you know, just one great American rock band or band after the other uh, celebrating the mech deck. Yeah. Love it. Here's what we should do. Not not saying I have or anyone really has any power. Hypothetical, next large sporting event that comes like one off. Or let's just say PGA Championship 2024. How do we get them to spend 15 minutes the PGA Championship talking about the mech deck? I feel like that's where it's got to start. It's just like randomly have how do we do it into these large sporting events that come for one offs? Streakers. The answer is yes. always streakers. Done. <laughs> streakers. And I think I think you just volunteered on horses. all three of us. All on, three horses. Of us. Yeah, on, on horses. On horses. Right. Yes. <laughs> With a trifold out of the hat. But the, the like horse clothes. Yes. So uh, streakers on horses with a trifold hat and holding the mech deck in going down 18 at quail oh. hollow yeah perfect uh, let's do it i'm in i'm uh, in yeah we're gonna change some hearts and minds well <laughs> david how how can people support your work where they where they get the book all that stuff kind of plug away yeah, I mean, I, the first thing I should say is thanks. Thanks to you guys. Thanks to everybody. The, the response to the book has been amazing. And um, but you can you can get it at uh, you basically anywhere you, you get books. So uh, online or in bookstores, there's an ebook. There's an audio book. Um, you know, if do you, you read the audio book? I no, I I uh, I auditioned for it, and they went with someone else. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and I think you guys, having heard my voice, you can understand why. Well, yep. you're better than us. Trust me. <laughs> yep. And That's I was going to say, if you people drive up to Davidson, um, I'll read the first chapter to you in person on my porch. Oh well, man, how about that? <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, and as we said at the top of the episode, sorry we haven't been around for a bit, but we like popped in, and this was certainly the perfect episode to bring back and celebrate what we think is one of the best things about Charlotte that we should always preach. And and David should be the the lead minister of that. Uh, I guess of what's called a tent revival. The, I think that'd be the, nice. The, to nod to Charlotte's history <laughs> of uh, Billy Grahamism. The Alexander Craighead of yeah. There you uh, go. Evangelism. Yes, I think they called him Son of Thunder, which is like the yeah. coolest nickname ever. So, um, I will be, I will now be referring to myself uh, as that from now on. But we are Perfect. building, we're building along with you guys and your help, which has been incredible. Um, you know, to the 250th anniversary of the Mech Deck, and who knows, maybe mm. you know, by by. By um, 2025, maybe we'll have convinced people um, to honor this and honor Charlotte um, for literally being the cradle of American independence. Well, David, we end every episode with a different son of thunder, uh, Mr. Ric Flair, with his infamous woo. Will you join us? I count down one, two, three, or count up. <laughs> when I say three, we all woo together. Y- you all right. in? All right, Not ready? In. One, two, three. Woo! <laughs>